Business Desk Today is the podcast for New Zealand business leaders. Your daily business briefing from the team at businessdesk.co.nz. Kia ora and welcome to Business Desk Today, the daily podcast bringing you our top stories for the day ahead. It's Wednesday the 2nd of August. I'm your host, Murray Jones. Later, we'll take a look at Jardin's preview on upcoming earnings and a slump in China's manufacturing. But first, the problem for political donations in New Zealand seems not that our parties are wallowing in a cesspool of dark money, but rather the opposite, that under MMP, a little can appear to go an awfully long way. Donna Chisholm reports that the donation incidents we've seen so far in New Zealand are still some way from the United Kingdom, where former Prime Minister Boris Johnson hit up Tory donors in 2020 to pay to redecorate his apartment at 11 Downing Street. Nonetheless, research here has uncovered enough incidents of concern to suggest political influence or the perception of it could be for sale at bargain bin prices. Business Desk's Cash for Candidates research showed the average declared political donation over a year is $47,279. Since 1996, major donors have piled more than $52 million into New Zealand's political parties. Simon Chappell, former director of the Institute for Governance and Policy Studies at Victoria University of Wellington, says although relatively small amounts are donated here, a little may buy considerable influence. For Donna Chisholm's full analysis and to explore our interactive data, log on to businessdesk.co.nz. Up next, and in his latest column, David Chaplin writes that the composition of index funds has changed dramatically over the past 25 years, and not necessarily for the better. In a new report published last month, Morningstar notes that, on average, today's index funds have fewer constituents and employ a wider range of approaches to weight their holdings many look and perform very differently from their corresponding category index and their respective markets. They are passive in the sense that they track an index, but they are active in the risks they take and rewards they seek. The Morningstar study found that the typical index share fund in 2022 owned just 150 stocks, compared to 500 in 1998, while only 42% used the market cap method to assemble the product, versus 85%. 25 years ago. Morningstar found many of the recently created passive funds fluctuated around their reference benchmarks, which suggests active risk, while also disappointing on performance. Time for a quick ad break. Welcome back. And Jardin analysts expect company earnings will start returning to more normal levels as firms come out the other end of the COVID pandemic, with many shareholders likely to receive bigger dividends in the coming season. Analysts Adrian Albon, Aerie Decker and Christian Bell said they generally anticipate better performances from firms as they rebuild from the post-COVID disruption and also as they tweak their pricing and business models to an inflationary environment. Their estimates for the 2023 and 24 financial years suggest a return to normal, with operating margins back at an aggregate level of around 20%, the Jardin analyst said in an earnings season's preview. They expect Auckland International Airport, Air New Zealand, Sky City Entertainment and Tourism Holdings to declare final dividends in the upcoming season. And our last story today, China's manufacturing contracted in July 
rippling through factories across Asia and signalling any turnaround in the region could still be far off. Bloomberg reports that the Kaichin Manufacturing Purchasing Managers Index declined to a six-month low of 49.2 in July from a 50.5 in June, below the key 50 level that marks a contraction, a private survey showed on Tuesday. The official manufacturing PMI released on Monday also showed a decline in China's factory activity last month. China's faltering recovery weighed on Asian manufacturing powerhouses, especially in North Asia. Taiwan's PMI slid to an eight-month low of 44.1, while Japan's dipped slightly to 49.6, according to S&P Global and Ojibun Bank. The PMI readings cloud the outlook for Asia, which was banking on a manufacturing revival to help drive economic growth after the easing of pandemic restrictions and supply chain bottlenecks. A disappointing rebound in China, combined with sticky inflation in the US and Europe, are sapping demand for the region's goods. You can read a selection of Bloomberg articles as part of your business desk subscription. Looking to the markets, and the New Zealand share market retreated more than half a percent on light trading as the Reserve Bank of Australia kept its official cash rate unchanged for the second straight month. The S&P NZX50 index fell at the opening and never recovered, giving up two-thirds of its gains the day before and closing at 11,980.41, down 75.74 points or 0.63%. There were 56 gainers and 77 decliners over the whole market, with 21.95 million shares worth $64.76 million changing hands. That's all from me. Have a great Wednesday. 